Driving the Future is a podcast about where the automotive industry is going and how not only to keep up with the rapidly changing business, but to shape it. This week, we're bringing you a conversation between Capgemini's own Alexandre Audouin and Futurum Group's Daniel Newman from an episode of the Tech and Trends podcast. They talk about autonomous driving, artificial intelligence, and tech like LiDAR and how affordability, sustainability, and regulations can be maintained as vehicles get more high-tech every day. Christopher Palacci from Holloride and Daniel Garshagen from Capgemini's Automotive Innovation Lab also join the conversation to discuss what OEMs are focusing on to provide a better customer experience. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Tech and Trends podcast brought to you in partnership by the Futurum Group and Capgemini. I'm Daniel Newman, CEO of the Futurum Group, and I'm excited to be here for the first installment of this multi-part series where we're here live at CES and we're talking about automotive trends in the space. I'm going to be joined today by a series of guests and a continuous co-host, Alexandra. Thanks for joining me. Hey, thank you. And uh, we'll be bringing guests on later in the show, but this episode is all about not just what we saw here, but about the continuous innovation that's going on in the automotive space. And that's everything from the driving experience to safety, to integration with our smart cities and the grid. And of course, how we experience entertainment, music, and we'll talk about autonomy. So Getting started, let's do a quick introduction. Alexandra, uh, really appreciate you taking the time to, to to join me here. Tell me a little bit about the work you do at Capgemini. Yeah, I'm I'm leading, actually I'm leading the automotive industry at Capgemini, uh, and also for, for, for IT landscape and for engineering. So basically I'm I'm here to 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 evaluate the trends and to make sure that Capgemini is gonna have the, the right answer and solution to support our customer in this in this journey. I've been following the work of Capgemini for many years, and you're an innovator. Oftentimes, uh, as an analyst, I look at the work you do to enable companies to innovate. Uh, I've been to multiple times uh, to the IAA show across the street to your Capgemini lab. I've spent time with your OEM partners, and it's been really a fascinating opportunity for me to see the way an innovation partner can work with an OEM to enable them, whether it's software-defined vehicles, whether it's been autonomy, whether it's infotainment systems, uh, whether it's understanding silicon development to create vehicles that can be updated in real time and changed. And by the way, shortening those innovation cycles. So excited to be here with you to talk about these trends. And listen, there's been no bigger trend uh, every year here at CES than autonomy. But, you know, Alexander, I'd love for you to start off and just talk about what are the big things that you're meeting with OEMs, partners, distributors, um, software companies? What are, what are the things in focus for you here at the CES event? In 2024. So the trends, actually, the trends we we are seeing are, are uh, always about autonomous driving, about in-car experience with accelerator like Genea. It's it's all about that. Uh, so and 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 definitively at Capgemini, what is interesting and important finally to address this market on our side that we are working for all industries, not only automotive. So we can bring also expertise coming from telecom, media, coming from semiconductor industry to, to finally support our market and our customer in automotive. Yeah, and it's a, it's a big opportunity. I've met with many people here um, 
during CES and whether it's the content opportunity, meaning the number of chips that are going to go into vehicles, we're seeing that grow by orders of magnitude, whether it's what people are expecting. You know, we have generations to generations. You, know, you and me, we've had the chance in the green room to talk a little bit. We're car fanatics. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, we still have sort of an affection for the uh, the combustion engine and the roar of the 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 cars, maybe on an F1 track, maybe on the Autobahn. Um, but we are also seeing probably one of the most transformative periods in history. We're seeing an entirely new global infrastructure um, being put into place with electrification. Yeah. We are seeing new sensor technology enabling safer cars. You know, people love to say, uh, well, when I was a kid, my parents just laid me on the back seat. Well, that was dumb. And now we have LIDAR. And, you know, we are seeing this great, but like, what are your sort of overviews of the trend? I mean, the, the, the pandemic made such a big difference in automotive. We saw the pricing market and we saw supply chain issues. So you guys are addressing so many things for automotive. What's your kind of over over overview, not just so much on the technology, but on the automotive industry? Yeah, let, let me answer you through the USP from, from, the, from the customer. So. People are expecting to have experience in a car, that's, that's clear, to have sustain, sustainable solution to drive, to also, so, and it's a must, huh, to have safety when they drive, uh, and also to, to, get, to get the car, to get the mobility solution at a good price, affordability. So that's globally the USP of the clients. And in front of that, you have the answer of the, the ecosystem uh, through uh, in-car experience with infotainment system with the famous L-shape uh, screen we, we see in a car now. Uh, sustainability, it's all about EV. Uh, and I have to admit that even if I love the V8, V12 and so on, oh. I have to admit that, yeah, I know that you like it too. <laughs> so I have to admit that to, to drive an EV is, is another experience. You can enjoy the, the time you spend in the car with your family, with your children, with your friends. So it's totally different. It's cool too. Yeah? So, so the answer to sustainability is EV. The answer to the affordability will be, uh, it's, it's a bit difficult because here we are talking about autonomous driving. You, you were talking about LIDAR. LIDAR is very expensive. Finally, so but I'm convinced that and, and thanks to events like CES, I'm convinced that the tech will bring the more tech we'll put in a car, the, the, the lower the price will be for the car. So and in terms of affordability, it will make the, the safety affordable for everybody tomorrow. In a few moments, we're going to uh, bring on our guests to talk a little bit about in-car experiences and, and, and the innovation there. But I, I did want to take a minute based on your expertise and the work you do, Alexander, to talk about autonomous driving. First, uh, you mentioned it. Of course, I did mention LiDAR. You know, we have some companies that have done it with entirely with vision. Other companies are using a combination of vision, radar, and different sensor yeah. technologies. And, you know, we have uh, Chinese manufacturers entering very aggressively into software defined vehicles. We have US manufacturers and, and European manufacturers trying to overhaul what I would call a lot of historical legacy uh, technology and pair it with these new software. But ultimately, it's to bring autonomy. It's to bring whether it's L2 plus all the way to L4 and then eventually to L5. Talk about where we're at with the autonomous driving. I mean, it's everywhere here. You got cars that fly, you got cars that float, you yeah. got cars that drive, uh, trucks that that drive. But when I'm driving down the street, maybe outside of a, a few trips to Silicon Valley and others, I still see people behind the wheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So first, I do believe that it's really good move, autonomous driving, also for the safety. I was talking about the safety 
you know, in US, you have, uh, unfortunately, 40,000 people died uh, roughly in the year, every, every year. So it's, it's, it's too much. So the safety is a must and autonomous driving will put solution like uh, what you what you said, put solution will be very performant in the detection of unexpected events. So it will take time because you, you can imagine that to to go across all use cases when you drive your car on, on an highway or on a city, it's just it's just unbelievable. So the technology will help a leader scanning 20 million of points per second it's will bring finally something you you cannot get with your eyes it's impossible so it will bring safety uh and it will it will it fit very well with the with the ev with the electrical vehicle why because you are in a car which is not uh, which is you have silence in the car you can enjoy this silence by having good discussion watching i don't know TV uh, playing games, yeah, in, in gaming. Uh, so your in-car experience is very different. So it fits well, and uh, I do believe that uh, yeah, it's more than important for for our future and for our children to have this safety. In, in a world of smartphones and, and iPads and, and, and mobile PCs, um, I probably like 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 you. I've seen uh, everything being done behind the wheel without autonomous vehicles. So I think yeah. there's a there's a pretty big case to be made, whether it's makeup people shaving, um, pretty much seeing people write letters in longhand, but in all serious, <laughs> lots of phone. Yeah, It really does worry me. And I do think uh, it is quite necessary. You know, they say that driving while using your, your mobile device is very similar to driving while under the influence. Yeah. Um, and everywhere you look when you're driving down the road, you see people driving while using their devices. So it is quite scary, um, but it also is very exciting. And I've actually been in some autonomous uh, demos. I've done some of the demos here at CES. I did a LiDAR one once where it did the little, the kid running out from behind the car in the road. And I saw a LiDAR versus just a traditional uh, vision-based system and how it was able to stop. And the vision-based system ran the, the, the little sign, yeah. which looked like a little kid running out into the road every time, but it's actually very encouraging. I think driving at some point might become more of a novelty, the, the kind of driving we talk about, and eventually it's gonna be really about mobility, which is something I know Cap, Cap Gemini has talked a lot about. So I'm gonna pivot here, because I wanna move to ECX. And so I'd like to take a moment here and, and bring on our guests, Daniel and Chris. And just like uh, we did with you, Alexandra, uh, let's go ahead and give the guests an opportunity to just quickly introduce themselves. Uh, Chris, uh, starting with you. Hi, my name is Christopher Belasi. I'm the general manager of North America at Holleride, which is a spinoff of Audi. Um, and we uh, are doing in-vehicle immersive entertainment. Very cool. I look forward to hearing more about it. Um, Audi's got some different innovative things going. Uh, I yeah, I mean, a few silver cars in my day. Sure. I mean, we're certainly, <laughs> we certainly were born there, but in order for us to, to make sense business-wise, economically, we want to play with all the car manufacturers. So the decision was made to spin us out a, a, a right after CES 2019. So we've been an independent company since March of 2019. Excellent. Uh, Daniel. Welcome to the show. Give us a quick overview. Yeah. Th thanks, Daniel. Um, so um, I'm based out of Germany, Munich. Um, obviously, uh, growing up there, um, car enthusiastic as well, and a, a Wiscup Gemini. And um, on, on that note, I, I do uh, lead an innovation lab that we have in Munich, where we are focusing on everything around um, the automotive industry. 
of course, with a particular interest in customer experience. Right across the street from the- uh, Exactly. I've been there. I've been to the Innovation Center and uh, appreciated the opportunity to be uh, shown around. So uh, Daniel, let's just start with you. You know, we, we were pivoting here to the CX part of the conversation. And if we do get to autonomy, and we do get yeah. these software defined vehicles, what are the experiences that, you know, I think some of us are getting little bits of them. We've had maybe been able to plug our phone in and have a, a next generation, some touch screens, and it seems to change, but you have, there has to be more. What, what do you see? How do you see this evolving? Well, on the one hand side, there has to be more. On the other hand side, uh, once we come to to autonomous driving, um, there there needs to be way more and, and other things with regards to customer experience because um, the feeling of what's going to happen when you're in the car will be so different. We already experienced it when we are driving an electric vehicle, right? I mean, before a combustion engine, you go in there, turn your keys, start, go. Now you need to have um, so many different experiences with regards to how do I start my car? Um, what do I do against range anxiety, right? So get information, where is my next charging point? Um, it's already starting that there are so many different things happening in this, in this area um, that's coming from the product, the vehicle as such. On the other hand side, uh, we must take into consideration that um, the demand for mobility is changing uh, for the generations to come. I'm not saying that they will not buy vehicles anymore. Definitely not. It's so personal mobility will be there, but it's it's going to be different, right? And uh, manufacturers need to address that with new experiences that they will provide, starting in marketing and sales, all the way through the usage phase while driving while owning the car while being part of a community with your car um, so there's really a lot that's going to happen chris uh I'm, I'm hearing from daniel that you know the evolution is really in its infancy and uh would love to get your take both personally and as, as a voice of hollow ride kind of what do you see as the evolution and cx and and, and what are you working on well, the, you talked about autonomous before, and ironically enough, the the kind of genesis of Holoride was, you know, it's 2015 at Audi's Innovation Lab, and their their it's Future Think is what they do, and and the, one of the major thought experiments was L5 vehicles are coming. What's that going to look like? How are we going to design for the passenger experience when the focus isn't necessarily the driver anymore? And in a lot of respects, they felt like the passenger experience had been kind of at least given short shrift. Um, and the, in fact, the, the Holoride technology was originally designed on the autonomous driving stack from, from Audi. So they, they, they understood that it was coming. How do, what, what is that going to look like? What is it going to be when we move from the driver-focused economy to the passenger-focused economy? That was kind of one of the... And, the idea was, well, what does Audi have to offer as 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 to be part of the value chain beyond the initial sale of the vehicle? And it's like, well, we we these the cars they generate extraordinary amounts of data and metadata through their whole sensor array of microchips and external sensors now, and they're like, well, that's great. What do we do with that? Well, it turns out if you can synchronize that data, motion data, to uh, a, a immersive device, in this case, a virtual reality headset, and ultimately all mobile devices. It turns out you'd have essentially a theme park ride in your car. So, we're designing, you know, for the next generation of experiences. But we, but we also can't wait for level five autonomous vehicles to show up. So we're starting it. I'll now. double down on that, though. Um, yeah, I think there's been a bit of a war waged on AR and VR um, for a while. I think it got sort of conflated with metaverse, and then it got really unpopular um, when 
you know, Web3 and crypto, and somehow all these things got conflated and it was really interesting. But having said that, I mean, I, mean, I know Apple doesn't really do CES, but they did happen to drop some pretty important news right ahead yeah. of it that certainly caught your radar, right? Of course. In case anybody out there isn't paying attention, it's, you know, they they announced the basically the availability and pe allowing people to start to buy their new Vision Pro. And I've always said, you know, Apple actually kind of gets too much credit for being an innovator, but they get not enough credit for making markets. And what they effectively do is when they bring a product to market, that's when a product becomes a market. You know, we know how hard uh, Meta has been trying for a long time and others, Samsung, and and and, and now Apple is going to sell. And so my point though is, is you've kind of hit this inflection. 24 seems like a year where ARVR is back. Um, but there's a lot of complexity. It's expensive for at least theirs is really expensive. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of motion issues, like a good percentage of users. So now you add actually people experiencing something in their headset and then you actually have them in motion while they're experiencing it. But at the same time, like, what are you seeing? Like, are people showing a propensity to adopt things like an AR VR experience while riding in the car? I mean, it, I mean listen, it's, it's certainly um, people, there's trepidation about it. it. It's one of those things where if you haven't done it, it can be difficult to understand. I mean, we can talk about motion synchronized immersive experiences till we're blue in the face, but it's one of those things where you really need to do it. But that ends up being transformative. You know, the, the overwhelming responses that we get are, wow, I, I'm surprised. Look, me, when I first did it, I, you know, I had been in, in VR for several years at that point. And when someone told me, hey, come check out this Holoride company, they do VR in your car, I, I was like, that sounds nauseating. You know, so and there's no, no, no. It really works, and it and it really did, and and it, it you know, I had a, one experience where the a big uh, metaverse guy, who was like, look, I get sick in ten minutes in my living room in alt space VR, in static <laughs> VR, you know, and then of course I gave him the demo, and got, it it gets really quiet, and that's when you know things are going well, and he's like, takes the headset off and says, that's the first time I've ever been comfortable in virtual reality. So it's it's going to be a measure of educating the public, obviously, uh, and 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 Apple. It's like a turbo boost for us, for them to say, hey, this the spatial computing is, is a use case. They've, yeah. they've, they've defined and committed, and now there's no turning back. There's at least several million people that will buy anything, probably 10 million, I always laugh, that'll buy anything. <laughs> you know, Apple could put like used shoes in a box and there'd be 10 million people in line to buy a used shoe from Apple. So it, it's, it's amazing what they're capable of. Um, Daniel, I just want to take it back to you for, uh, you know, kind of a final part of the CX segment, and that's about the buying journey. So, you know, as part of automotive, the buying journey's changed. We've seen a couple of things. We've seen the manufacturer direct relationship to vendors. It's companies like Tesla and other of kind of these new born on software defined vehicle companies. But you've also seen now whether it's AR, VR experiences that people might be able to do at home to get a feel of what it might like be like to drive in their new car or going to a dealership and getting new like what's a buying experience going to potentially evolve to look like in the uh in the next generation of vehicle era well what we see with well next generation vehicle era but also next generation people's Human? people era right next humans right human so, machine um well i mean we will we'll see that look look at 25 30 year old young um um men and women on the street, I mean, on their mobile phones, and, and you can buy almost everything online. And we are talking about online car sales for, I don't know, 20 years now, 15 years. And and when, when you tell me it's uh, buying a car online, it's just like buying a book online. That's just not true, right? Because, well, first of all, it's way more expensive, and then it's more complex. I know Tesla vehicles might not be that complex, as our, and, or others might not be as complex. But in, in that case, um, 
again, we need to create those experiences um, to make online sales as convenient as possible, to make it as convenient as possible to combine the online world with the offline world. And we do see that with, uh, let's say, those city stores, right? I mean, we're in the US, obviously, and um, I'm from Germany, but when I get a picture in my head from car sales in the US, it's always like these huge retail stores with uh, these, these um, flags and everything around. You can flags. just go there and buy your car, buy. Right, and it takes, uh, it takes like a whole day. <laughs> right, it's, it's a real thing. And then you have a car, and that's it's amazing. But now we see ever more that there are like city stores where you don't have the space for all the different vehicles that you might have on your uh, that you can sell. But then again, technology comes into place, right? So you can you can have one vehicle there um, augment um, with 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 technology to see maybe also different variants um, in an immersive world. So this is really bringing the online world and the offline world together. And this will also then bring younger generations um, into the buying process um, and um, yeah, future, uh, future buying processes. Yeah, those are, uh, it's become a bit more of a thing with, like I said, a few of these companies that have put their the stores inside of like luxury shopping areas where it's the same size as a Louis Vuitton store. And it's just one or two cars. And you now... You can play with mo the, the the models and potentially change some of the options. And I could see things like augmented reality. We talk about those transparent screens. The cars could be created with transparent glass where you could pick a color and you could literally, you know, light the car up or seating configurations on the inside. And I think that'll be really fascinating for people to be able to quickly. And obviously, flooring, supply, inventory, because in the future, I also believe customization, uh, you know, the old style was, especially in the U.S., was dealerships with a lot full of cars, and they would try to sell you one that was in the lot. Yep. But that wasn't the exact car you wanted, and certain companies have been able to deliver the exact car you wanted. So we're going to wrap this CX segment up, and I want to thank both you, Daniel, and Chris for joining. But Alexandra, just kind of any, any any final remarks as pertains to CX. What do you think? Any anything that uh, you'd like to add to what these uh, these brilliant gentlemen brought to the conversation? Yeah, on on six. Yeah, one thing, and I'm sure you're you still brilliant. Though, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I I do believe that you you will agree. So I was thinking that with this air vr lenses we may have a good experience having the noise of v8 or v12 you know when and maybe we can leave the driver's seat to go to the passenger seat and just listen so they, they, a, they pump audio in yeah. some of the cars now i've driven a few where they're actually they're like you know like a v6 but they make them sound like they're one of those big yeah, engines yeah. So, you know so that you know you can tell your no. kid in the back I'm, you know like running around the the neighborhood. Well, Daniel, Chris, thanks so much for joining us. Um, yeah. So, Alexander, I want to tie this up uh, a little bit with you yeah, and, sure. and bring this all together. So cars are, you know, I, I mentioned the software-defined vehicle. Um, I've talked a little bit about silicon content, um, all things that Cap Gemini works with partners on. Uh, there, I kind of maybe even alluded to the rolling data centers on wheel. You got storage, network, compute. Uh, you're talking to cloud to, to community, cloud to you know, C to G, C to V, C to V to C to G. I mean, it's there is so much going on. Um, but this tech, uh, do you see, what do you see the economies of scale? Does it become affordable? What are the other considerations that uh, these OEMs and consumers need to be thinking about? Yeah, let me talk a little bit about regulation. I'm gonna say something maybe which will be a bit strange, but let, let me start with that. Okay. Regulation would make technology at a certain level. Regulation make technology affordable. Why? Because if you consider that if regulation push the EV at the end, so all the, 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 the car manufacturer will produce finally EV, the 
battery manufacturer will produce battery in mass volume and it will reduce the price. So somehow the regulation bring technology affordable. So for that you need, you need, but, but just to, to a certain level, uh, we remember, we remember with diesel, it, it raised to amount uh, to a price for diesel, which was not reasonable at all. So that's the first, first answer. Second one is, uh, of course, it seems to be very complex in a new car with, as you said, the edge computing, cloud software, but you know, guess what? The, the software driven transformation, the, the, what's the interest from the car manufacturer perspective is to bring more services easily. So, and, and you remove number of, you know, control units. And I remember when I was working at, at the OEM, uh, making calibration and tuning, there are many, many, many control units at that time. And, and now the purpose is to reduce the number of uh, computing units in the car, to reduce the harness in the car, also to simplify it. So it will reduce the cost somehow. It will take time because we need to push those technology in, in all the lineup of the OEM step by step to finally get the volume to reduce the price. Yeah, I, I think regulation, and I made a reference, I was under to the seatbelt earlier on. And you know, there's certain technologies that people still omit and, and, and OEMs still omit from vehicles that could make them safer. And you know, I've mentioned a few examples, but we know, and it's sometimes price. Someone will choose to not put all the safety features on a vehicle. Um, at some point there was no seatbelt. And my point is by regulating that, there will be a volume created, there will be efficiencies created because we, when it becomes a requirement, it's amazing how crafty uh, enterprises can be to figure out how to get that and then how to get consumers to of course pay for it. Um, we also touched on, and maybe just one other thing besides regulation that I'd like to talk about is sustainability. Yeah. Um, and this would maybe be a really good way to wrap up as we had, uh, you know, and depending on when you're listening to this, it's uh, right around Davos season, which I'll be heading to uh, next week. And this is always a big focus, but as we head from CES to Davos, sustainability, electrification is, is, is a magnificent moment for creating more sustainability. Of course, we have new challenges. You got nickel and mining and, and replacement, yeah. and you've got uh, new sustainability challenges. But um, I know this is a very important trend line for Capgemini as well. Talk a little bit about the industry, about sustainability, how this evolves, and how um, you're working with OEMs to continue to, 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 to solve this problem. Yeah, so sustainability in automotive or for Capgemini Group is the, one of the most important topics for, for us. Uh, in automotive industry in particular. So we address the market supporting uh, our, our customer in their operation, what we call the green IT, but not only, also to support them in their development of electrical vehicle and also to reconsider sustainability beyond the fact that you sell an EV and you have several other solutions uh, like hydrogen. Uh, we can discuss that also fuel cell hydrogen. So, I mean, Sustainability, we need to have an holistic view of sustainability, not just thinking about, uh, about battery electrical vehicle, as you said. So it's, it brings a lot of problem about mining and so on, but I'm sure I'm, I'm an optimist. Uh, I'm, I'm an optimist. So I do think that the engineer and people, the scientists will find solution to improve the battery and to find new technology in the battery to make the finally this EV more sustainable than it is today. That's true that 70% of, uh, you know, the emission of CO2 is due to the usage of a car. 
but it remains in 30%. So we would like to solve those, those uh, 30% for our children, for the, the citizenship. And, and uh, yeah, technology will help us to, for, for that, I'm sure. Well, Alexandra, as we wrap up, what my conclusions from the conversation are that one, you know, we will see aggressive continued innovation in this space. It will be driven by software, silicon, and a desire to create safer, more autonomous, more connected vehicles. Um, we will, of course, in the process, create new experiences. We will make people uh, feel more engaged in their vehicle, whether that's through augmented reality and virtual reality, uh, whether that's through next generation infotainment, watching movies, or having the opportunity to get work done by being you know, consistently connected to our uh, devices, our PCs, our, uh, our, our, mobile, our mobile smartphones. And of course, we're gonna try to do this all while paying attention to being you know, in, in lockstep as much as possible with regulators and while paying attention to issues related to sustainability. What a great conversation. What a great way to start off this podcast series, Alexandra. Um, and uh, I just want to thank you so much for joining me here and being my co-host in this first episode of Tech my and pleasure. Trends. My pleasure. And I want to, of course, thank our guests who joined the show. And I hope you had a lot of fun joining us for this first ever installment of Tech and Trends that we did live at CES 2024. We talked all about the automotive space. Tune in for all of our episodes. Check out the show notes to the link where you will see future episodes. We hope you'll become part of our community. But for now, we got to say goodbye. We'll see you all. Driving the future, we'll be back again soon to talk about the latest in automotive. Until then, thanks for listening. <laughs>